You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm still tired. <laughs> still tired from last time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's going to change. I should, I should try to think of a better lie or something. I don't know. How are you? Well, it's good. It's 62 degrees right now. And if we were recording, I would be out there walking. It's beautiful. I had to go yeah. out this morning. It was beautiful. It's nice just to wear a denim jacket. And I have to wear my heavy winter coat. Oh. Going to be beautiful all week. So hopefully I'll be able to walk. And I got my first COVID shot last week. I was going to say you're you're halfway into the process now. Mm-hmm. And how long ago was was it that you got the first one? I got it on Wednesday. Wednesday. And it's so, fine. You know, in. the next day, okay. my arm was a little sore. Mm-hmm. No big deal. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't move. It was, you know, if I reached mm-hmm. for something, I could feel that muscle. No big deal. Typical. And I did shot. feel a little more tired, mm-hmm. which I wasn't sure if it was due to me not sleeping or the shot. But from a lot of people I spoke to, they said that they felt a little tired, not exhausted, not like, oh, my God, I have to go to bed. But I did have to lay down for a few minutes in the afternoon. But otherwise... I was fine. If that's the worst of it, I'm good. Lethargy is like kind of one of the hardest symptoms I think to track because we're all so tired. <laughs> so many people are so fatigued and well, so seeing as I, mean, I don't me, sleep, it's, it's you know, I've, I've never slept yeah. through the night in my entire life. Yeah, so. so how do you know if it's the vaccine? Exactly. Or not? You know, when, when my husband got it, it was like, well, it could be the vaccine. It could just because he's just really tired, and we have teenagers, and he's working his butt off, and. You know, it's it's so hard to see because then you're like hyper focused on it. It's like, oh, is it a symptom? Is it a symptom? Is it a symptom? You know, it's people are so, and me included, everybody's so hyper focused on the reactions to these vaccines because it almost feels as if, I guess, you know, people are untrusting of it because they feel like it was rolled out so quickly. Meanwhile, there's people in my age group who are like, come on, just get it to us, you know. Um, I have no doubt that the the quality the quantity is going to be there, the supply is going to be there, but it's the rollout to get the darn thing. It took me over two months to get a vaccine appointment for my mother in law. She's getting it on the couple of days now, twenty fifth. We're like counting that down the days because it's one more family member that gets vaccinated, right? But you know, it's just it's been depressing because here I am a geek. You know, I'm a nerd. I just I should know how to do these things. I I'm watching these reports of like 12 year olds on TV and this other guy who are like finding ways to to hack the the websites to make them work so that they can get their the vaccine appointments and then they're like getting vaccine appointments for all these other seniors, you know, because they're struggling to do it. I mean, that was that's been the biggest problem with the websites and the rollout has been that the first group that was available eligible is the 65 plus group and you know the majority of those people struggle to use computers you know just on a daily basis with you know regular stuff and then to go and and have them try you know an 80 year old trying to navigate the website when we can't even do it what was what was your experience like because i remember you saying something to me about how you had the appointment scheduled and then it went away and you had to redo it again well you have like many many sites that you yeah in my father's case i signed up for a bunch of different places. I signed up with CVS. I signed up with the grocery store that's giving it. Um, one of the pharmacies with with um, the county. So what they ended up doing is um, the local college is the one that's giving the vaccines to everybody. And I could never get on. Anytime I got there, it was like, Sup, no appointments, Sup, no appointments. 
Where you were just logging in once and then we were refreshing it a couple of times? Or? Well, there was just no vaccines there. And then what they did, mm-hmm. what the state did is they opened up these other facilities around the state that were strictly for people who were uh, over 65 and were in what they called underserved communities, underserved zip codes. Now, I don't know what mm-hmm. underserved necessarily means. If it, I, I believe what it meant was people in those particular zip codes had a very, very low rate of getting the shot. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting an appointment for my father that way, which was, it was easy enough to do for him. But the bad thing was the location of it. There's nowhere to park. And my father is mm-hmm. 90. So it's yeah. not like I can park five blocks away and say, come on, let's walk. You know, right. for me, no problem. For him, no. Right. So it was access. I scheduled it really for a Sunday so that my husband could drive and then he could just drop us off. Well, then as it turned out, I ended up getting an email from a commercial pharmacy that is, you know, a little further away from from where he lives. Not that big of a deal. And at least, um, and I got it sooner. So this was this um, not this Wednesday. It was the Wednesday before that he was able to get in. Actually, it was, I think I got it like on a Friday and then like that Wednesday. And that's a lot of logistics. And it had a park, you know, it had a parking lot. So it was easy for him to, you know, for me to pull Mm -hmm. into the parking lot and walk him in. And, you know, they were really, really nice. I had filled out all the paperwork for him beforehand. He just had to sign in a few places. They gave him the shot. They gave me the card for his next appointment, which because it was Moderna is four weeks later. We just sat in a room for about. And they just give you. They just pre-populate the appointment. It's like, yeah. it's going to be on Wednesday. Well, it was, have to it was four weeks, you know, exactly 28 days later, four weeks, but it was at a different okay. time, which was fine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we sat in a room for 15 minutes just to make sure that, and there was other people in the room and somebody would pop in and say, is everybody okay? Everybody feeling okay? Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, yeah, we're good. And then, you know, you pretty much self-regulated. Mm-hmm. So when, you know. But just you- to get the appointment, that's just, just hearing you explain it. And, you know, I, I'm thinking about similar things in my own experience with my own family member, there's so many logistics. It's like you have to be a logistical coordinator to figure all this stuff out. You got to think about parking, got to think about access, walking up, you know, out here in the Southwest. I mean, we're not as congested as like where you guys are, but so we're very spread out. So we have the land mass, you know, space available to be able to offer drive ups. And they have taken, for example, I haven't been there myself, but my husband explained when he went to get it, it was a university. Um, they basically converted this one area that they call the mall and I haven't seen it in person, but he said that I guess it had been an area where it was like a grassy field or something, and it's it's now ruined because they had to convert that area into a drive-through area and basically corral cars because they had you know the line to drive up to get your shot, and then they corralled you and moved you over here for your to sit and wait the fifteen minutes, and so they're offering simultaneous walk up and drive up, and. You know, that's not something that would typically happen in that area. So now when this is all over, that area is going to have to be reseeded and redone and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is, you know, it's low on the totem pole as far as priorities go, right? But so a lot of people I would hear saying, well, you know, why do they offer uh, walk-up along simultaneously with the drive-up? Why aren't people just driving up? Well, a lot of people don't have a car to do the drive-up. They've taken either you know, ride sharing or Uber or a bus to get there. And then they have to walk up. So like you were describing, when it's elderly people who have to walk the distance, you know, that's really difficult. So access, 
not only just access to the physical vaccine to get it into your arm is tricky to to navigate and schedule and plan logistically, but then trying to navigate the websites that are out there available. So like when you were scheduling it, would you just go on the website and check it? Did you refresh the page a couple of, of times? No. I mean, so on my end, they keep talking about refreshing the page, but that's always so frustrating to me because of the way that the sites are designed. You have to fill out this form with with fields. So it's not just as simple like all the information stays there and then you refresh the page and you refresh the page and then, you know, it was like you'd refresh the page and then you have to start all over again populating those fields. And remember last time we talked about how using a password manager is really helpful with that. Well, it's great when it works, when you have all that stuff populated. Like, for example, I have my mother-in-law's, I have like a vault set up for my mother-in-law. So I have her ID card set up with her first name, last name, email address, birth date, all that stuff, right? Her, her, I have like her, you know, last four of her social. I have everything that I need because she gave me permission and I'm, you know, doing it on her behalf to fill out these fields. But if the website isn't designed to be able to take advantage of that autofill, then it's your you're barking up the wrong tree, you know what I mean? So refreshing the page and then trying to use a password manager to fill in, like you were talking about having a clipboard, you know, I had some things where I could copy and paste from that was a little bit helpful. So that made it a little bit better. But it was it was a nightmare trying to do it on an iPhone. So you have to do it on a computer screen, you have to do it from a desktop web interface, even trying to load the desktop version of the website on your phone. It's still it's still murderous, it's still just horrible, horrible user interface, because you can't just simply reload the page, you have to f- keep filling out those forms each and every time. Did you experience yeah. something? Similar well, in like New that? York, in New York State, there's a website you go to, it's called Am I Eligible? And then okay. you fill it in. So they mm-hmm. want your birthday, I forget now what they want, they, bir- they want your birthday, which right there, that might be all they need. Right. You but know. then they also wanted to know your they want your quote unquote they want to know uh, where you live, what status. your zip code is. Yes. If are do you work and do you live in right. New York State? And then mm-hmm. are you a part of the medical profession? Are you a teacher? Are you a right. forward facing uh public employee? There's yeah, all like, these different all these different things. And then right. based so on what your answer you different buckets. based on what your answer is, they'll say, Okay, you are eligible. They don't tell you because of your age or because of this. They just say, Okay, you're eligible. That brings you to the next page and it shows you all the different sites in New York State. And then it shows the name, the city, and then it says available, not available. And more it was always not available, not available. Oh, so not it just told you right up available. straight up. So uh-huh, okay. what they ended up doing is in March, we just got uh, New York State lowered the age to 60. This was two Wednesdays ago. They lowered the age to 60, and they also had thousands more doses available. Mm-hmm. So the, the college by us that's giving it, Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock, I'm in front of my computer because I said, I have to get my husband vaccinated before me. Because even though he's a public-facing employee, he still didn't fit the criteria until we got to the age. Because uh-huh. he's 60, <clears throat> excuse me, he's 61. So I'm filling everything out, and there is this really long queue for waiting. Mm-hmm. But the computer knew I couldn't open two browser windows. It says, you already have a browser open. Oh, So it knew. Damn. So I've got one open on my phone and one open on my iPad. I figured, well, I'll do one for him and one for me. 
I think it was on my iPad. I finally See, because you're get, a concert goer. You've done this before. Yeah, it was you, like, yeah, not your first rodeo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I finally get through for him. I'm like, yes. You put so those skills I, to use. So I'm filling everything out for him. And then it just takes forever because you fill out the, it gave me a whole bunch, just a list of different dates. You know, you can have an April 17th and then it, you can say, okay, that there's 600 appointments available. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Click April 17th. And then it has, you know, 9915. 11 appointments, 9.15 to 9.30, 12 appointments, blah, blah, you know, so you pick the mm, date, you wow. pick the time that works for you. That's way more information than I've ever seen. Yeah, so you pick the time that works for you, and then you fill all that in, and then they want your insurance information. So putting on all our insurance information, and then they're asking for um, some um, demographic information, but all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Then it says, okay, one, you're almost there. I hit next. We're sorry. It crashed. Yeah. By the oh god, did it really say that? It, that it crashed? Yeah, you got to start all over again. Uh, wow. Bad words, See, bad words, yeah. bad words, bad words. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it ended up that I finally, because I had to leave because that was the day of my father's appointment. It's like hmm. I can't sit here all day and do this. I got to take my father for his shot. Right. Eventually, I finally got. An appointment you can do it on your phone while you're in the waiting queue. I'm like, I'm like all over. So finally, I was able to get my husband an appointment and myself an appointment before I had to leave the house. Okay, so that's on Wednesday. And we're all excited. April, April 17th for me, April 24th for him. And my husband's very difficult because of his job. It's really hard to get a time for him. Well, mm-hmm. two days later, I needed a couple things in Sam's Club and I walk in and there's this big sign. And it says, we have COVID shot. I'm like, hmm, let me look into this. Low so, tech. So <laughs> I sign. I, it's a yeah. sign. So I go over to the pharmacy and I'm talking to the pharmacist and I'm looking at him going, Nick? And he goes, Mrs. Paselli? This is a kid <laughs> I've known since my kids were in kindergarten. Oh, my goodness. And like, I didn't know you were here. So that was kind of, that was kind of cool. And like, yeah. so what's the deal with the COVID shot? He goes, he goes, yeah, we're giving it to people who are 60 and above or have uh, comorbidities. We can't we can't give it to other types of people because hmm. it's hard for right. them to verify it because just because of their system. So anybody can walk in and say, I'm a teacher, and they have no way of verifying it. Right. So it's only for people with doctor's notes and over, six, over 60 because you have a driver's license. I said, okay. Uh-huh. I said, what kind of appointments do you have? And he goes, we have plenty. But you have to do it online. So as soon as I was done, I went home. I made an appointment for the couple of days later. Wow. For the two of us. On their website. Yeah. I had to go to Sam's Club's website. I'm like, this is great. So I made an appointment for me on Wednesday morning. And I made an appointment for my husband for Wednesday afternoon because he's usually, you know, comes home a little earlier on Wednesdays. So he had his done on Wednesday. I had mine. And I just said, don't cancel the appointment we have for April until we get our first shot. So once yeah, I got home, I canceled mine. Once he got home, I canceled his. Same with my father. Gosh, no. Once I was done I with how my many father's, people have done that where they're I double can't, booked, and it, because you and have to be. And Sam's know? Club for us, it's a mile away, so it's super easy. So even if you did have an immediate reaction, I'm only driving a mile to get home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to like five miles to go to the the college to have it done. Right. 
Right. And so everybody's been talking about the reactions that they have. I mean, that's usually that's just kind of how conversations go. Like, so you got your shot. How are you feeling? You know, what, what kind of side effects did you experience? Everybody's, you know, sharing their experience with it, which is, is great because it gives us data. You know, we're, we're sharing data amongst each other. I think some people are confusing the side effects as, you know, oh, this is an allergic reaction, you know. Maybe you might want to not, you know, get the vaccine, but no, it's like everybody has to understand it's a, it's an immune response. It's not a bad reaction that that all these people are having. That's not to say that some people don't have legitimate allergic reactions to maybe you know some of the chemicals that are in the vaccine. That's why they they give you the website that tells you what what's in it. Of course, you know I've looked at it. I'm like I have no idea if I'm allergic to any of that stuff. So yeah, they have to monitor you, but for for the the majority of people sharing their experiences with it, it has been just that a sore arm the first time, but it's the second shot. And you have already heard this many times. So you're already preparing for that. It's the second shot. That's like, I, I keep joking about it. I don't know if you can, if you can relate the two, but I keep saying that this is like a, a two FA, like a two factor authentication that you get the first dose and it, you know, you don't really have many symptoms other than just a sore arm because, you know, physically that makes sense. You just got jabbed in the arm, you know? And then the second dose gives you the two-factor authentication because I feel like it's, you know, just to put a geeky spin on it, it looks at what your body has. So, you know, it, it asks you, it, it asks your body for something you have and something you know. That's how 2FA, two fa- two-factor authentication works. What do you know? And what do you have? And I think the vaccine checks for that. And then, okay, you've confirmed that you, that you have what we're seeking now you're going to feel really terrible. <laughs> you're, here's your immune response. And, and now congratulations, you have verification that the vaccine is working because you now have these immune responses, you know, headache and more lethargy and just, you know, loss of appetite and all that kind of stuff. So that's what my what I watched my husband go through and what I've, you know, a lot of my friends on Facebook have been sharing the same kinds of things. It's the second dose that kind of takes you down and it feels like you have the flu of really, you know, maybe a mild version of the flu or, you know, enough of a version like my husband got that he just knew that it was going to happen. So he just put himself in bed and he stayed there for two days. You know, he just, he just did not feel good at all. He was just tired. Like he, he saw it coming and was like, Oh, here we go. Here's the the truck that just hit you. You know, it's just like any other. So in that case, you know, it does, it it does seem like it's the flu. You get those kind of flu symptoms, but it's an immune response that you're going to recover from. You know that it's temporary. And it's way better than actually getting the real virus. Yeah, and it lasts so, a day. I mean, when when yeah. when my son had it, he didn't feel hours good. Tops. He didn't feel good that evening. He felt lousy mm-hmm. the next day, and then on the mm-hmm. third day, felt great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm probably he's a lot mm-hmm. younger than my husband, so my husband wasn't able to spring back that. Well, he, according he felt to horrible from feeling horrible. Well, according to one of the nurses I was speaking to with my father, she said, now, I don't know if this is true, that maybe this this is just, I guess, her experience with patients that she's been dealing with. She said, the older you are, the less likely you are to get sick. I've heard that too. Now, I have heard that too, but I... Don't know. I- yeah, but I just spoke with a. Yeah, it's all over. I'm the planning board on. I'm planning on being sick. So yeah, that, just plan on being sick. You know, I, I made the sh- best. I made sure yeah. I've got nothing going on yeah. for two days, and then be pleasantly surprised. Just and in happy case, if you don't. Yeah, it's just in case I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. I don't have to cancel mm-hmm. anything. It's like if I don't feel good, I don't feel good. I'll deal with it. It's not. Yeah. Horrible. It's not like a flu where you're vomiting and you know, right. feeling feeling like you know, 
take me the now. The headache is what I'm not looking forward to. Now, my husband did not experience the headache, but I've heard a lot of people experience headache. And that's something where it's like, oh, that's one of those pains where I just... But you can take so irritating. an Advil because I... Cause see now that's that's advice that I hear mixed reports well, on too. Well, no, what because, they said was because she said to my yeah. father, if you have a headache or your arm is sore, take an Advil mm-hmm. or a Tylenol. And I said, I heard you're not supposed to do that. And she said, yeah. you're not supposed to do it beforehand. Before, but it's okay, okay to do it afterwards. So it is okay to do it after. Okay, after, so, but don't yeah. take one before you get the vaccine. Take it afterwards, yeah. and only take it if you have experiences of any kind of pain. Don't take it for the yeah, sake right. of taking it. Don't. Don't make it a prophylactic measure. Only yeah. take it if you really you know, need to. If you do it, have a headache, if your the, arm does hurt, then take one. Yeah, because the concern is is that it will weaken your immune immune response, and then maybe your body won't be able to fight it off as, as strong. So, but don't listen to me. Yeah. Listen to your doctor, your healthcare provider, right. whoever you know gives you the shot, because that's what was told to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just we keep hearing all this different information. Some of it is starting to align. Some of it's starting to sync up where you keep hearing the same things over and over again from multiple sources all over the place. And I don't doubt that that's true. The last time that I looked into that was weeks ago. And the advice was still don't take anything unless you absolutely have to, and especially not before. And you really shouldn't take it after because it could weaken your response. But that may have changed now. They may have decided that enough people were studied, I don't know how they do this, but they may have decided that enough people were taking um, something to calm down the inflammation afterwards, and it didn't impact the the effectiveness, um, the you know the rate of how how effective it is against severe disease and that sort of thing. So, you know, another thing I, I wanted to bring up too while we're talking about this is um, just kind of a a little bit of a, a tip or advice because I'm, I'm hearing this and seeing this a lot out in the field and in my own family. And I don't know if, if you've heard this too, but my elders and people that I work with and you know family members are saying they they have all these news apps because they're really into knowing what the weather is you know going to be and knowing that the news are, news is. I just see this time and time again where people have not just one but multiple news related apps installed on their devices and then of course we know that when you when you install an app by default it usually has all of the notifications turned on so it will light up your screen when it's locked it'll light up the lock screen it'll make a sound or it'll buzz if your phone vibrates or it'll you know, if you're in the middle of reading something or texting with somebody a little drop down notification will show up so these news apps tend to get very pervasive and depending on the type of news app it is and what sources are being fed into it um, you know, just general bad news is bad news. You know, I, I'll be talking to somebody, a client or a family member, and they'll say, oh, my gosh, you know, this person got mugged. And, you know, these, this terrible news that's constantly pervading their, their view as we're talking, they get distracted by it, right? Well, now add to that stuff about the vaccine. And, you know, so one of my family members was like, you know, oh, I heard that, you know, this this news uh, alert said that, you know, people who are getting the vaccine are still getting COVID and the, the cases are surging. And, you know, it almost, it kind of twisted it. The headline was like one of those clickbait headlines where it almost twisted it, making it sound like if you get the vaccine, you're still guaranteed to get COVID, like it's not working or that, you know, you might get COVID from getting it back. You know, it's very, very misleading misinformation kind of stuff or just the way that it's interpreted because the headline is written so poorly, you know, or because, you know, they're trying to take advantage of 
getting people hyped up about this. And that worries me that there are so many news apps and so many news notifications going on. So I guess my tip or my advice is to check in on your loved ones and find out what kind of stuff they have going off on their phone constantly, like what's constantly feeding their source of anxiety and see if you can tamper that down a little bit. Like I don't want people to not be in the know and not get news about disastrous weather. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why people have all these weather apps is because, you know, they want to avoid a flood or, you know, they want to avoid a hurricane or something. Something, and that's totally legit. But then there's all these like sinister things that are happening in between there. And that really worries me that people are getting all these notifications and misinformation, disinformation and misinformation. That really concerns me. So check in on your loved ones and find out, you know, what kinds of notifications do they have turned on? You know, check and see how many of these apps do they have that they're constantly getting bings about this stuff because it's scaring people and they're not getting the right information. They're, they're getting scared about it because they're already like on the fence. You know, they're already not sure about things because that's what we're doing. We're having to rely on on anecdotal data. And, you know, then there's the whole causation correlation thing. So that can get messy. Um, yeah, I just uh, I was curious about your interface experience when it came to navigating the websites because I've been thinking a lot about um, interface. I mean, I always think about that. We're geeks, you know, we always think about how do things work and how can they be made better and how if we can't navigate it, how is somebody else supposed to navigate it? And how do we how do we troubleshoot that? And how do we improve upon that? And so when I was finally able to get my mother-in-law in an appointment, I mean, I was ready. I had screenshots and I have already tweeted about this, about, you know, our state's uh, website in the beginning. The way that they had it designed, it it wasn't very, it wasn't user friendly. For example, the birth date, you know, it should be something so simple when it asks for your name, you know, first name field, last name field, email field, simple, right? Then you get to the date field where it asks you to put in your birthday. It's just a field. It doesn't tell you in a caption, how you're supposed to enter the date. Is it year, 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 month, month, day, day? Is it the reverse of that? Is it some other combination? And so I had to, I struggled with that because I had to keep trying to reload the page because it would tell me this is incorrect. This is incorrect. Or like, putting the slashes in ways. between. Because some right. places Are you, you to put, put like the 01 slash 01 slash 1940. Or do you put 01 01 1940 without yeah. the slashes? Because some places do and some places don't. Field. One field that was tripping me up. I'm a geek and it was tripping me up. Like this should not be this difficult. It's a field for a date. At least tell me how I'm supposed to format it so I don't have to guess the wrong way. Because, you know, I filled out so many fields that the majority of times they want, they either want the year first or the year last. So I just tried it, you know, those couple of ways and it still wasn't working. And, and then I would finally get to a point where it would take a little bit longer to load and think, okay, I finally did it right. And then it would say something like, this user already exists. And I'm like, oh, great. Maybe she tried it on her own and, you know, didn't say anything or whatever. It's completely possible. And so then I'd go and I'd try to log in and reset the password for her. And, oh, you know, this this user doesn't exist. Like, what? Make up your mind. You know, it just was giving you false negatives. It was like giving you false errors. And so I had to give up on that site and go to a different site. Like, I just wasn't making any progress with it. And so there were several different sites that I was trying to navigate between the site for the state and then the site for the county. And then I was setting her up with my charts. Like, you know how there's multiple, they, they call it my chart. It's all one word. I don't know if, if, if it's that way out there, but out here it. it's like the, 
Yeah, my chart is like a, I guess it's a brand name for a type of medical portal because there's multiple hospitals that use it and other clients that I've worked with in other states. So I have seen, you know, quote unquote, my charts for plenty of different people. So I don't think it's just a thing that's out here. Maybe it's a, a Western thing. I don't know. But multiple hospitals and medical facilities use this medical portal, which is called a my chart. And it, you know, may be run by different kinds of web builders or companies or whatever. But the point is, is that I tried to go that avenue instead of registering her at the sites for the state and the county. I tried just, you know, kind of getting ahead of it by registering her with her own local doctor. And then, like you said, it was universities that were offering it out here. There was a hospital with a university that was offering it. And so I set up because I had my own my chart set up a while ago. That's where I had the babies. And so I set her up with a my chart there. And then there was another hospital and I set her up with that my chart because what I've also seen is that especially for elderly patients, if they already have if they're already in the system and they already have a my chart set up, what I have seen happen is, and this happened with with my mother-in-law too, is you'll get a notification because they already have all your demographics, they already have all your information, and they'll say, Here, we know you're eligible click this button to schedule your appointment. So then that's what I was doing also. I kept going to the different my charts to try to schedule. But there again, it was a form where, yes, they had all her information, but what they were asking was a series of other health-related questions that could change over time. So they had to keep asking. So for example, it was like, have you received convalescent plasma in the last, you know, whatever. Then it was, um, have you already received the first dose? I mean, they should know that, but they were still asking about it. Yeah, same um, questions. Because you could have gotten it somewhere else. You know, they don't know. So these are all variable. Have you left then, the, have you notes. been out of the area in the last 14 days? Have you come in contact? Have you ever tested mm-hmm. positive for COVID? Do you have a fever right now? They referred to it as a febrile illness. You know, it's like these things I had to keep clicking. No, 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 no. Like, you know, advance to the next screen. No, advance to the next screen. So that was what was really frustrating was the different screens that kept loading that you had to keep clicking through. So like in your case, by the time you keep clicking through all that stuff, the appointment that you set out to schedule could be gone. You know, so it is very much like, you know, the joke is that that us, you know, people in our generation are, are good at this because we're used to Ticketmaster, we're used to eBay, and we're used to having to refresh pages, and we're used to having to navigate multiple screen after screen after screen. You and I know how to anticipate that, but older folks, not so much. This is not something that they have a lot of experience with for the for the m- most part, and so they don't know what to anticipate, and so they get really flustered by it. And, you know, they'll give up a quarter of the way through because, you know, they just think they're doing it wrong. And so it is, it's very frustrating for everybody having to advance through screen after screen after screen. And that's what takes so long. And by the time you get there, yeah, then the appointment's gone. So what finally happened was I was so upset of going through all of this stuff. I was like, what really is upsetting me? Like, what is really the problem here? Why is this so difficult? Why can't I just get this done? Why doesn't it just work? So I started documenting. I started taking screenshots. Like with the state site, I had taken a screenshot, you know, and I posted it like, this is what's wrong with this page. And this is what's wrong with this page. Look here. It doesn't tell you, you know, how to fill out the date. Now, I did notice that I'm not taking any credit for this personally, of course, but I did notice that months later 
that state site now, it does have the date format in it. And it does, it is easier to navigate once when I tried it. It's like, finally, they improved upon it. They finally changed the wording so that it read correctly. I mean, there was grammatical mistakes in it, for crying out loud. Oh, I mean, we're, you and I are like really hip to that, right? Like, we're always looking for things like, um, you know, is this a scam? And, you know, is something spelled wrong? So I'm hypersensitive to that. When I see things that are not formatted properly, I think to myself, I know this is the state site. It's, it says .gov, and I know you just got the padlock. I checked all the things, but why is this spelled wrong, or why is this not phrased correctly? Government like maybe- websites are not known for their um, their their good pages. They're good sites. I mean, when we try to yeah. you know deal with. I mean, try deal looking through. Like right now, I've got a, an IRS question as far as my father is concerned. Try finding a phone number where I can call somebody. Yeah, it does not right. exist. Right. You know, yeah. and try finding the answer to that question in their frequently asked questions. It does not uh-huh. exist because sometimes you have a question that isn't just a generic question that thousands right. of other people have. It's not. I want not to talk FAQ. to a human. And it's like, nope, can't yeah. talk to a yeah, human. So government websites are like at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. You know, like they're still running Windows Vista, no... you know, that's... <laughs> That's yeah, how, yeah, this I mean the know, whole virus the whole pandemic terrible. has highlighted all of these inequities in so many areas and in our government technologies one of them it's like what are we doing folks <laughs> you know yeah. why they're, is I it mean, that they're not these up to other date. websites they're, they're poorly coded year olds build better servers why is it that my yeah. my teenager can build a server like him and his discord buddies one time in the beginning of this they built this this script that would tell them like the daily the daily toll or the daily death toll the daily case count and stuff like that every time that they went to this one page i mean the kids are building this stuff there was you know talking about hackers we'll we'll get into that next so there was a 12 year old kid that they reported on he did it for his for his bar mitzvah project where he built a script online that would you know help reload the pages and he was helping elderly people get their vaccination appointments this one little kid i mean why is it that the people are able to build these things and script these things and design interfaces and yet we can't get these people into the government somehow to to do these things why aren't we paying these people it's been a complaint of years and years and years that no matter you know whether it's the federal government your local government your state government they are so you know, my husband deals with New York State because he owns a business and he has to pay taxes and blah, blah, blah. And I, I will hear swearing mm-hmm, when he's mm-hmm. trying to do something because he'll, you know, they'll send him a letter and say, you have to do this, this and this. And he says, OK. And then he goes under the website and will say the website is down for the next three days. It's like, but you mm-hmm. told me to come on the website down and do this thing. Right. And now you're not letting me do this thing. Right. So people are having to find ways to hack their way into this. You know, when I finally was able to get the appointment, I finally got to a page where, and you could see it like change and progression, the design over the course of weeks that I kept trying to log into this and, and get something. I finally got to a page where there was a button I could click that said, okay, just show me what vaccines are available around me or show me, didn't say, you know, what the vaccine availability was, but it showed me locations that had it. So instead of having to try it, okay, we'll try it this version. Oh, nope, didn't get anything. Okay, we'll try this version. Because originally we were going to stick to drive to drive up, and then we talked to her and we we're like, we're probably going to have to do a walk-up. Okay, let's try the walk-up. You know, so I was constantly going between the two, the two versions, the two ways that you could access the shot and having no luck. And then finally I got to a page where 
I landed on it and it gave me the calendar. And I thought, oh, I am so mad at this. Like I had all my screenshots documented, like where I was going to, I was going to do a whole tweet blast about this is a problem and this is a problem. And I may still do that because it's still a problem. Now that, you know, I had the, the appointment for her, I still got to go through it for myself and the rest of the family, right? And so I was all ready to like just complain about this and just because that just is cathartic for me, right? And so I thought, oh, I'm so mad. And I just kept pressing command R, command R. So I just thought, I'm just going to keep refreshing this page and refreshing this page. And lo and behold, I finally reached a page where I could keep pressing refresh. And it finally like lit up. It was so funny. It was like it was midnight. And um, I finally pressed refresh. I was so mad. I think I just, I mashed the keyboard button down. I was like, oh, I'm so frustrated with this. And it changed from being like nothing available, nothing available to like, boom, like jackpot. It was like jackpot. It was like all of a sudden this page loaded. So it was right around midnight. It was like 1158, I think I remember. And all of a sudden, all of these dates lit up. I was like, and I said, and Nate was working his office. I was like, Nate, come here, come here. You got to see this. You got to see this. I said, I think I can get her an appointment. I started crying when I got done with this because it was just such a, like a cathartic relief to finally get an appointment. Like I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, it was, it was like the jackpot, you know? Because that's when so you I have to like, do it. Because I've heard, I I've heard that from other people that uh, I got up at four in the morning to check the website and they had appointments, but by eight o'clock they didn't. Yeah. Right. And there's different, there's like, that's what the kids, that's what people online have figured out that by running these scripts, they, they've they started finding out like, when are the drop times? Like, when does the server like, you know, load new appointments or something? And for some people it was 3 a.m. I mean, how they figure it out, they, they were constantly doing it all night long. And for me, you know, I'm up late at night. So I was just, I happen to be available. You know, I'm, I am usually up till midnight and beyond. So I have been checking in at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. I thought I'd have a better shot then. Well, anyway, so so I was able to load this page. And so then I had my husband come run over and I was like, what should I pick? Because he's the one that's have to, that has to take her. You know, he would have been fine if he hadn't been available at the time. If I just would have picked something, I would have just had to make an executive decision. That would have been fine. But, you know, since he was available, I was like, come here, you know, let's let's pick something out. You know, what, what do you think is going to work the best? And so he helped me pick it out. And then so I texted the family. I was like, hooray, I finally got her appointment. So that was kind of cause for celebration for me. But, oh, my God, I cried. I was so happy that I finally, finally got through. It was just so exhausting because, you know, like I said, I mean, I, was, I, I have been letting it get to me personally because I'm a geek, you know, and I should know better. Like, I should be able to just make this work. I should... I, I work in technology. You know, this is my jam. Why can't I make this work? And I was feeling like such a, an imposter and such a failure. And it was just like feeding into that that self-doubt, you know. But I know that it's happening everywhere else. I know I'm not the only one. It just was so frustrating. And now I still have to go through it. So we'll see. We'll see how that improves in, in the coming time. But I wanted to to segue this into what our our next discussion was going to be about, which was, you know, the using the word hacker. Like I'm always saying, you know, I had to hack it. You know, other kids online have had to hack things to make them work. You know, is the word hacker um, is it necessarily a bad thing? You know, it seems like we use that word for a lot of things. And there was an article um, put out by the Register recently, and I just thought this was really. Interesting. The headline reads, it's from The Register, and it reads, So it appears some of you really don't want us to use the word hacker when we really mean criminal. And so they ended up putting out a survey and asking people, when we're talking about criminal activity, should we be using the word hacker? And 
it the results of the survey was that most people said no you should find a different word you should you know say the criminal activity and not just the criminal or the thief or you know use like those kinds of words instead of saying the hacker stole all of these these medical records i mean that's still true but it ends up making that word have a really negative connotation for everything across the board. And you know, other people said, well, you know, words come and they come and go, they they change their meanings, like the word cloud. We now know that the word cloud could be clouds in the sky, or depending on the context, it could be cloud computing and cloud storage. So I just thought it was interesting. I, I added the um I'm gonna add that link to the show notes and you can take a read and see what you think for yourself. But what do you, you know? We talk about this all the time. We talk about scams is what we really talk about. But when you think of the word hacker, is it is the first thing in your mind necessarily a bad thing? Or do you think it can go both ways? Or what do you think we should use when we're I mean, this I know I'm sounding like, you know, the political correctness police. I just think vocabulary is interesting. I think that our words mean something, you know, like, we've been saying this all along, you shouldn't be calling it the China virus. It's it's the SARS-CoV-2. You know, you should be using the proper names for things. I'm all about that. I'm all about that. And so, you know, when I see stuff like this, I think, yeah, you know, we really should choose our words more carefully because a lot of people just think that they hear the word hacker. Like, if I have to be careful what I'm saying. If I tell my clients, I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'll just hack you. I'll just, you know, hack you back together. The, the, you know, that probably really puts them off. I have to be careful how I say that because when they've been hacked, they only think it's a bad thing. But there are eco ethical hackers. You know, that's what I consider well, see, I myself think, to be. I think ethical hacker needs to come up with a new word, not hack. Like you were quoting from the article, coming up with a different word for the negative. I think we need to come up with a different word for the positive. Yeah, a lot of people said that, too. And I mean, I don't have uh, a complete opinion formed on this, but I was thinking that, too. Like, maybe that needs to be – maybe we do need a new word for that so that we can claim it, so that when we say it, that's what it means, and it doesn't put people off. Because people are hacking so. into your computer, getting your passwords, getting your financial data. They're hacking in, like you said, to medical records. They're stealing. Hacking is stealing. Mm -hmm. Stealing mm -hmm. some sort of data. So I know when there's you like, you know, 35 life hacks to make your life, you know, more enjoyable or something, you know, like, uh, you know, tie your shoes ahead of time and slip them on your feet or, you know, something like that, like life hacks. What do we do with words like that? We'd have to reinvent. But that has that has a that. word in front of it that has an adjective in front of it, a life True. hack. True. You what, what you put in the show notes, ethical hacking, mm -hmm. like what your kids were doing. They were ethically hacking to find out mm -hmm. how many cases there were about that 12-year-old who was trying to get appointments for other people. He was doing yeah. something ethical. Ethical. He wasn't mm -hmm. trying to hurt mm -hmm. someone. He wasn't trying to steal. So maybe what we need to do is change that word hacking to, I don't yeah. know what off the top of my head. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you're but, crafting. You're crafting a solution. It's it's part craft, I think. Maybe Maybe the word craft needs to be in there development or something let's see what i don't the... know i guess you know we we have a tendency as humans to try to take something bad and make it good because i think that's just what we do you know i think it's just a, a natural human emotion to want to do that so we want to reclaim something something bad that happened to us and we want to reclaim it and reframe it so that it can be positive so that we're not constantly suffering from it so i wonder if that's what has happened to hack over time yeah, I mean, I don't know that it was always a good thing. I think yeah, that I'm maybe looking at the dictionary right now. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the dictionary app right now, and I put in hack under the under thesaurus. And it, if you use the word hack as a noun, uh, as far as a person, 
Now that person's mm-hmm. just a hack, you know, or if mm-hmm. you read a, a clickbait, you know, like you mentioned earlier, if you read an article, you just say, oh, that, that writer's just a hack because all he writes mm-hmm. is clickbait and, and gossip. So right, it's so never, it's a, it's a negative, it's, it's a very negative. Yes, absolutely. Right. So um, it's saying, you know, drudge, menial, menial worker, a hard, you know, hardworking, cla- hardworking hack. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, they also have other words, like it also means taxicab in other cultures. Oh, really? Yeah, that I think I in Britain know. it says, Northam, they hailed an empty hack, taxicab, British formal huh. hackney carriage. Interesting. Yeah, so there's a lot of... Learn something new. Yeah, so there's a lot of, you know, annoy someone, hack someone off. You make yeah. someone angry. You irk them. Yeah. You gall them. You get yeah. someone's back up, defines, antagonized. So it's just I, I everything... hacker... Yeah, and everything it says a person here is who uses computers to gain unauthorized access to data. Yes. Or a person or thing that hacks or cuts roughly. That is a hacker. Yeah. So this is all very so. negative. So I think we need to come mm-hmm. up with a positive word, a different word for the positive. Yeah. I'm going to agree with that for now. I, th- I think that makes more sense. I mean, like I said, in the article, the results of the poll was that they should just not use the word hacker to refer to criminals necessarily but maybe that'll change i I don't know i mean of course it's just one poll you know what i mean it's just one it's just one way to look at things but they really i really liked the article because they really got you thinking about it and different examples of how you could think about it one way and how you could think about it another way i just really like to evaluate something from different perspectives and i just think that that's really really interesting so that's what i wanted to share about hacking you know thinking about hacking and Maybe let's think about, you know, better ways to do things, better ways to have, better ways to navigate things. And and not that we have to hack things to make them work. We should improve upon them. We should craft them better. They should be better crafted. There you go. So let's move on to tips. I have a couple of other tips I wanted to discuss. Here is just a real quickie tip. I filed this under iPhoneography. Uh, for those of you who really are shutterbugs like me and like to take pictures, And I've been meaning to share this. It's just one of those things that just kept pushing, getting pushed down on the list. So it's time to share it. Um, Back around Christmas time, you know, I had gotten my my new iPhone 12 mini. And I love this thing. It's adorable. See, and I'm showing you here. See, I have a a pop socket on the back of it. At first, when I first got it, I thought, oh, it's so tiny. I don't need a pop socket. I really don't. I mean, I can hold it one-handed and I I can navigate. But... I, I think I'm just so used to having the pop socket. I don't know. It's just it's just part of my, my muscle memory now. And so I thought I'm going to put it back on and see if I really make use of it. So I did. And I, and I thought really long and hard about where I was going to position it. Now, as you know, the the iPhone 12 mini, it's, you know, it's a lot shorter of a phone. In fact, if you put this phone next to an iPhone 8, they are almost exactly the same size, except the, I think, I can't remember now, I think that the iPhone 12 mini, when I put it next to my husband's, I think it's a tiny bit shorter. But the beauty of the screen size is that it's edge to edge. So the actual stuff that you see on the screen is more. So it actually, the screen size looks bigger. You know, if you put, if you have them locked and the screen is dark and you put them side by side, I think the iPhone 12 mini is, is shorter. But then when you light them up, when you unlock them, you get more bang for your buck on the 12 mini. So that being said, when you hold it in your hand and depending on where you have your pop socket placed, like I discovered, so you can see how my pop socket 
it's a it's a pretty design. It looks like a stone, but then around the edge of it is white. So the little platform that it sits on is black, but the edge of the pop socket, and this is one of those things where I have the kind where you can, they're hot swappable. So you can twist it and it comes off. So I can I can change the, the, the designs if I wanted to. And what I should do is I should run maybe a black marker around the edge because what I found out is when I take a picture with a flash, so the, the iPhone 12s have amazing nighttime camera, uh, nighttime picture qualities, and the, the photos look amazing, but you might have to use a flash in some instances. And this was a time back at Christmas where I was, I always love to take pictures of my Christmas tree at night because I love light, light painting. And so I was taking shots, and when I went to look at them, I noticed that there was this halo. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe my finger got in the way, because that is something I had to learn to keep my finger out of the way, because it is much, much shorter than what I'm used to shooting with. And uh, I kept looking and evaluating it, and I finally figured out, no, it's the flash glare from the flash bouncing off of the edge of my pop socket. So my tip is that, you know, if you have one of these models where where I'm showing Elisa, I have the kind where you can take the pop socket disc off. So you might want to, I mean, I know that the pop socket kind of helps your hand steady for, for taking the picture better, but you might want to consider either, like I said, putting a black mark around the edge or finding a pop socket that has a black disc on it um, or just taking taking the disc off or you know, make, making sure that it's pushed in and out of the way. But the idea is that you don't want to have the flash bouncing off of something that's that's near it because then that's what causes a glare. I remember a while ago, and I haven't heard any anybody mention it in a long time, but I'm always I've always been picky about the type of case that I put on my phone because if it uh like this one is black, the the indentation around the camera cut out, if that's not black, then you have a chance of the flash bouncing off of the glare of it. You know, if it's if it's white or if it's super shiny, when you go to take a picture and the flash flashes, it can it can capture some of that that glare off of the shininess of the case. So I've always tried to pick cases that have a black outline around the camera. So that was my tip is that, you know, if you're using pop sockets, um, you know, take a look at your do a practice, do some test, you know, practicing with shots with a flash and see if you're getting that that glare blowback and, and then make sure that you make some adjustments to your pop socket to avoid that. So that was my tip for iPhoneography. And then the next discussion that I want to have or, you know, story that I want to tell you is about reminders. Again, I know I am so obsessed with the reminders app. I just love tinkering with reminders. I know you, Ulyssa, you use do. I use do. And remind me, how do you, is it D-U-E? D-U-E. Yeah, so it's just spelled do, D-U-E. And that's kind of a, a reminder alert system that kind of nags you and, you know, you can have multiple repeating things. We talked about in this in the past, you know, just briefly. It's one of those things where it's it's a bit of an investment. I know you bought it a while ago, so you know you're already in. But for me to go and and get into that, it's like a little ecosystem you have to buy into because there's multiple apps. There's iOS. There's Mac OS. And it's I different now because yeah, I only is use it? it on iOS. I don't use it on iPad or on the Mac. Does everything I need is just right on the phone. Now you can't mm -hmm. buy what I bought. I think I paid five dollars right. for it, and it was just a, now it's a subscription model, which yep. is fine. But what the subscription offers me is not worth it to me. Right. My for needs, you, it's overkill. Yeah. Whereas, for me, like, it's I simple. use it on everything, so I would want it on all the apps. 
I just, and I, and I think, I and I think the reason why I went, well, actually not, I think I know the reason why I went to do is because reminders was just so horrible. I would find yeah. that when I would have a reminder, if I checked it off as done in the phone, then I'd have to go to the iPad and check it off as done. Then I'd have to go to the computer and check it off as done. It never synced together. Never. Well, so it, that hasn't been a problem for me. And that, that part has been working and it's been working qu- quite well for a while. So it was really just the cost barrier that keeps me from doing something else because I'm just so picky about these things. I, I Like I said, I like to tinker with this stuff and for me to go and spend a lot of money and then come to find out that I just know it just does not suit my needs. I do not like this. It's it's either overkill or underkill or whatever. So and then there again is I, I try to eat my own dog food. I try to keep things simple. I try as hard as I might to use the built in systems. It's not that I'm opposed to using third party. I, I mean, I love one password. I love I love a bunch of uh, third party stuff. But for me to be able to rec- to recommend a third party piece of software to a client who's asking me about, you know, how do I fulfill this need? It is really hard for me to to want to uh, to be able to um, recommend a third party because then it's something that I have to be able to support because then they're going to have questions. And if it, if it goes sour or if the you know app developer stops developing for it or something, then I feel like I'm kind of on the hook because I'm the one that recommended it to them. You know, So I have to be really careful about that kind of stuff. I have to be real, real careful about the choices that I make as a technologist and what I choose to use because I got to be able to back it up. And whether it works or whether it doesn't, I got to be able to know that. And so with reminders, when people are asking me, you know, how how do I do, how do I accomplish this in my life or in my workflow, if I'm going to recommend reminders, then I better know what I'm talking about. So I use it a lot. And I do, you know, I experience the pitfalls of of when it is really just horrible. Um, It does work. It does synchronize. I, I do not like the fact that there are things that are missing between iOS and macOS. Now, that may be fixed or changed or, or made better when I upgrade to Big Sur, which I haven't done yet. Have you upgraded to Big Sur yet? No, and I have I'm no intention still... to. I've heard so many bad things that I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm up Once to school. If it ain't shy. broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. And I and I usually am too, but I, I get pushed into upgrading because my clients do. And I have to be able to to see what they're seeing. Uh, most of them have not been upgrading. So it's I'm itching to do it soon, but I have to have like a I really have to like really check into it. So it's just been something that I've been putting off and I just need to do it. So there could be things that I complain about that aren't working now that might be fixed in Big Sur, but I kind of have my doubts that it's not really the case. Um, and so one of the things, for example, like I can't stand that when you enter a new reminder, it's always at the bottom of the list. I would really like it to be at the top of the list. Now on the Mac, you can sort it. Sure, you can sort it by the creation date. That's one way that you can do it, but maybe that's not what I really want. And why doesn't it still work on the iOS version as well? There's not, doesn't seem to be a way to sort it. So if anybody knows that you can do that, let me know. Um, but so really what I wanted to discuss today was the problems that I've been having with the syncing and Siri. So the syncing is working, but then it's between the Apple Watch and the iPhone. So between the Mac and the iPhone, it's working great. It's all the same. You know, it's the expected behavior, even though I don't like the behavior that it's being put at the bottom, it still is showing me the same thing. In other words, if I tell the reminders app that the default list is going to be the reminders list, it obeys that same expectation on the Mac. But on the Apple Watch, it wasn't. So if you remember, we were talking about this before, 
when I would say, I would raise my, my wrist and I would say, remind me to check the mailbox, for example. Now, that is, that is an activity, <clears throat> excuse me, that I would like that it was put on. So I have shared reminders lists. I have one, <clears throat> excuse me, I have one that's called home. I have one that's called finance. So you can kind of guess, you know, the finance one's about reminding us to pay the bills. So if I say, if I raise my wrist and I say, remind me to pay the water bill, it will put it on the finance list. And then when my husband, my husband will see that, you know, and, and then he'll, he can help us remember too. Then if I, you know, somehow forget or, or get sick or whatever. Um, if I say, you know, check the mailbox and I, wanted to go on the home list, I can tell Siri on the watch, you know, add this to the home list or same thing with the shopping list. The shopping list is shared amongst all the family, for all the family members. So if we say add toothpaste to the shopping list, it's going to do that. And then everybody sees it and said, oh yeah, we're out of toothpaste. And then, you know, they know that it's there. So we have all these reasons for why we share lists, but there are lists like my reminders list, for example, and then I have one for business that I don't want shared with the rest of the family. They don't need to know that I need to remember to go check the washing machine or that I need to remember to, you know, text Elisa or something like that, right? So if I raise my wrist and say, remind me to text Elisa today at 2 p.m. or text Elisa about blah, 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 I don't want that reminder, that alert coming up on my kids' watches and devices or my husband's. I don't want it interrupting them. We were joking about like, you know, what if you put something really personal on there, like buy, you know, hemorrhoid cream or something like <laughs> that. You don't want to share that stuff. You want that only to be on your list. Well, this, this between Siri and the Apple Watch and uh, I guess iCloud and, and reminders, even though all the switches are on and, you know, I already, I think I shared this last time that I, I went through Apple engineering and submitted a bug report about this. And I submitted all my logs and they, you know, kept saying, nope, there's nothing you're doing wrong on your end. This is definitely a glitch. The basic glitch was, is that if you say in Mac OS or iOS that, you know, make my default list every time I just say, remind me about something and I don't specify which list it should go on. It should, by default, and, and you tested it out and it worked this way for you and it used to work this way for me, as expected, that reminder will go on your default reminders list called reminders. That's just, you know, the default name that it comes with. You could change that to be anything you want. You could, you know, name it your name or something like that. But by default, when you just come up with a generic reminder, it should go on that list and there, there should be nothing questioning that. While on my watch, for whatever reason... After an update or something, I noticed that whenever I'd raise my wrist and say, hey, remind me to check the mailbox, for example, it would say, okay, and it would add it to the finance list. And I'm like, what does checking the mailbox have to do with the finance list? That, that doesn't belong in the finance list. And so every time at, thereafter, I would raise my wrist and, you know, say, remind me to do something, it would add it to the finance list each and every time. And I'm like, I don't want this to go to the finance list. And I would even tell it, you know, at the shopping list worked, but it wouldn't it wouldn't put things like on the home list or, you know, one of the kids lists or something. It just wouldn't do it. And it kept reverting back to every time I try to change change it to a different list, it would always go back to the finance list. By, like, that was what the watch thought the default list was, despite it being set properly on my iPhone and my Mac. So that was the problem that I was experiencing. And like I said, I, you know, I raised this all the way up to Apple, Apple engineering, submitted my diagnostics and all that kind of stuff. Well, when I was doing my troubleshooting, one of the things that I discovered was if I unpaired 
if I if I disabled, you know how when you go to iCloud and there's all those toggle switches, mm-hmm. so you can yep. turn on individual services. So for example, you know, for years and years and years, I had people keeping the mail turned off because they were using a different mail service, a different, you know, Gmail, whatever. Um, and they weren't using iCloud mail because that counted against their free, you know, five gigabytes. So there's a reason why you may want to keep some of those switches off, or maybe you don't want certain devices syncing with with certain things. Everybody has their reasons. So on my devices, the reminders toggle switch was in the on position for everything, as it should be. What I decided to do was, as a test, is I switched that off on my iPhone because it's, you know, you're working with the iPhone and the Apple Watch. Now, you would think that this kind of stuff should be in the Apple Watch app, but it's not. So you're dealing with, in in this instance, reminders is like its own animal. So I had to toggle the switch off in reminders and disable, basically disable reminders altogether from my phone and from my watch. You know, it asks if you want to keep... Uh, do you want to keep the reminders on just your phone and not have it being synced to the iCloud? Or do you want to delete everything and just not have any reminders? So I just wiped it all out. And that was scary because I thought, oh, my God, you know, I live in reminders. Am I going to am I going to lose all this stuff? But I knew that I could still access it on my Mac. So I knew that it was still backed up in iCloud and the switch was still enabled on my Mac. So I knew that my reminders would be safe there. So during my testing, like I said, I had switched off reminders in iCloud, and then I unpaired my Apple Watch. And I hate doing that because, oh, my gosh, you have to, like, you know, do you, have you have you been through this process? You have to, like, disable your your wallet, and you have to take out all your cards, and you have to re-add them. I mean, there's and then you lose settings. And I think it was so grueling the first time that I did it because for whatever reason, I think I must have done it in a different order or something, and I didn't have, like, a recent iCloud backup of my Apple Watch data, and so I had to start all over again. And, oh, it was just, it was just painful. Yeah, you lose all your health data. Uh-huh. Yep. So I really was really hesitant at doing that. But now that I had done it a couple of times, troubleshooting other issues, I thought, okay, you know, I know what to do in what order to make sure that I have an iCloud backup. So I made sure I made a manual iCloud backup of my phone first, and then I knew that by unpairing it, you know, in this sequence that my Apple Watch would be backed up. Okay, so, you know, backing myself up every step of the way. And so I unpaired my Apple Watch, and then I powered everything off, powered it back on, you know, went back the other direction. I relinked it, repaired it back to my phone, and then I turned reminders back on in iCloud. Okay, lo and behold, all my reminders came back, you know, as expected. That was great. Now, in my first round of troubleshooting, what I noticed was it did change the default reminders list on my watch, but it wasn't to reminders. <laughs> this time it was to the home list that I have shared. So then I was, you know, still suffering the same issue where just a, a regular personal reminder kept going to the home list. And I thought, oh, well, that didn't fix it. And that's when when, when that happened, I thought, well, this this is just this wasn't a solution. It did. It, it toggled something. It triggered a reaction that, that made a change, which was good, but it still didn't solve my problem. That's when I escalated to Apple engineering. So, you know, long story short, you know, Apple engineering, you know, filed a bug report, still didn't see anything change. And then recently there was an update to, to watch OS. And I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe they fixed it. I I won't know. I mean, they said that they would contact me if they came up with a solution, but who knows? And I just thought this is an opportunity to see if anything changed, you know, whenever there's like just a a point and it was a security patch, right? So I applied it and I thought, well, let's go see. So I went and I checked it. Sure enough. Nope. It was still set to be the home list was still the default list. I thought, all right, well, that 
whatever you know whatever reported was not fixed in this next update so it it, it wasn't fixed so i thought all right i'm going to try it one more time cuz this was just irritating me and irritating me so i repeated the process again and i disabled reminders i did my backups i disabled reminders and i went through it again unpaired repaired you know i had booted it off i booted it back up again repaired it returned everything back on again and finally finally when i went to check the reminders list was the default. Yay! Yay. So I thought, okay, great, I fixed it. And so I've been testing it ever since, and it has stayed. Now, I haven't had to reboot my watch for any reason. So I'm I'm a little like, I don't want to, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. So it's fixed for now. I did fix it for now. That finally, finally seemed to be the solution was to just keep doing it. And I mean, and that, that has happened in other scenarios too, when you're troubleshooting. If you just keep rebooting it. If you just keep trying it, eventually it works itself out. I just didn't have the patience to do it with this so many times in a row because it is so time consuming. I mean, there's just, there's only so many hours in the day. So I was glad to, I was glad to report that that did fix the problem. And then as I was researching this, I did notice, you know, I thought, okay, well, since they updated the software, maybe, you know, maybe there's something different. I did notice, because I thought maybe they have, you know, Maybe there's a, somebody else that's having this problem. I mean, there are, but maybe Apple has a, a support article about it. And so I was looking for that, and I happened to discover a new tip about reminders. So not only did I fix the problem by just doing it all over again, you know, turning it off and turning it back on again, finally fixed it. There is a new feature, and I don't know if this has been here all along. And you said you don't use Reminders app really enough to know, but... I did not know, and now I do, and now you will too, that you can add a reminder from another app. So for example, I got so excited to tell Elisa about this, I wanted to remind myself to text her about it. Um, Or let's say, um, for example, this is the example that that I'm going to use is a lot of times a client or, you know, somebody will text me and my habit is that I'll just, you know, get on it and I'll answer it and then I get sucked in, Right. And then I'm on a short leash. And then, you know, it's like, no, just don't answer the text. You know, put the phone aside. Don't, you know, don't think about it. But that little blue dot just like kind of nags me, right? That there's this unread message, right? Now, my son, this is another tip too. If you take a new message that just came through, but you haven't read it yet, if you long press on it, it'll preview the whole message for you. So I have to train myself to to teach myself to do that. That's not really ingrained in my muscle memory just yet. But another thing that I wanted to do was to use this tip of, let's say a text comes through, but I, let's say I read it, but now I don't want to respond right away because um, I don't want to get into a conversation or, you know, I'll end up having to do a bunch of other things or something. But I want to remind myself to text that person back. You can tap the share button. Like when you're in the app, it, it shows pictures here. So let's say I wanted to remind myself about texting Elisa back. I could um, tap the share button and then tap the messages and then, you know, start saying, you know, text Elisa back, like add myself a reminder with a date, with a time, that sort of thing. And it was funny because when Elisa and I started the show today, I had set this reminder like, you know, two weeks ago, the last time we talked, and it did come through, like it worked. It was like, okay, remind me to tell Elisa that I fixed this problem and this is how I did it. And oh, by the way, did you know that you can add a reminder from another app? So... 
Um, I put the link in the show notes. Now, when you go to this article, it's an Apple help topic article. So you know how they start with HT and then there's a number. So the title of this is Use Reminders on Your iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch. And then, of course, it goes through, and this was what I I was looking for, like, what can you do with reminders? How can you fix a problem? That sort of thing. And so if you scroll all the way to the bottom of the page and then go back up a little bit, it is the second one from the bottom. And it's called, the header is, Add a Reminder from Another App. So that's what you want to be looking for in this article. And it has pictures and it has more details about how you can do that. And I got excited because this was last published it didn't say it was revised, so this is, this might be a new article, but it said the published date was March 6th. So this is very recent information. So if you go to this article and you're running iOS.14. What are we at? 14.4.1 now, I think. I think that's the latest patch. If you're running the latest version, then this information will be update and legit for you. So give that a uh, t- check that out. I'm going to put the link in the show notes for that. So that was a tip for reminders, troubleshooting. If you're having problems with the default lists, that's what finally worked for me and how to add a reminder from another app. Okay, let's move on to our next talk, which I call geekery. Um, this is about uh, smart homes and this will probably be the last topic that we that we talk about before we wrap up because this is just really fun. Do you have, you have smart devices in your home? Like you have your Googles and your Amazon things, right? Yeah, but I don't use them for turning on lights or so, anything like that. Mine's just, you know, hey, a lady, play Sirius XM, play Pandora. Okay. That's it. So you are, you're reciting the incantation for, I, I like to call it incantations and spells. You're reciting the incantation to get your smart device to play something for you, right? Correct. Did it just hear you? <laughs> no, no. I, you, you haven't said, you haven't said the trigger No, because word, so. I have an A word echo right here, so... We don't need mm-hmm. it to start playing Sirius XM right now. So you have um, you have Google devices and Amazon devices. I don't have any like Echoes or Dots or anything like that. But what I do have is I had bought over the holidays, and I don't remember what the brand is. I'll, I'll find it and I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, these are smart light bulbs. So they basically have a, I guess they have a Wi-Fi transmitter inside of them. And they're not... Um, HomeKit compatible because I, I've looked high and low and all of that stuff, even over the holidays, it was just really expensive. I just wasn't because I, I wasn't sure how much we would like it. It was one of those things where I kind of wanted to tinker with it and I, I wasn't sure how much I wanted to invest in it. And we, we're just not in a place financially to be buying that kind of stuff yet. All of the HomeKit stuff is just really super expensive, but they have they have knockoffs and they have you know other brands available. You just can't use it with the Home um you can't use it with the home interface that's built into iOS. So I found these bulbs, these like off-brand bulbs. I forget what they're called, um, but they're basically, you know, they're smart bulbs. You screw them into your lamp just like you would any other bulb. There's a QR code you have to scan, and there's a little bit of setup. There is an app that you have to use that's called Smart Life. And, I mean, this is really popular. There's a lot of, um, you know, just looking over Amazon and other places and, you know, researching on the web, there are a lot of smart switches. We also have an outlet that we were using for the Christmas tree. And so now we have two bulbs and an outlet that are linked to this app that's called Smart Life. 
And so you use that app to set it up. Like I said, there's a QR code. You create an account. You can share it with your family members, and that's what we have done. So I set this all up, and I now – I developed – it took me a little while, but I was so proud of myself once I did it. I, I pulled it off. I am now able to say uh, – I call them Siri incantations. I can say phrases like, firelight on. And what that will do is I – took the bulbs and I I made a setting where, you know, there's different themes and stuff. And again, I don't know if you've ever seen this or tried this, but instead of just having the bulbs glow, you can make them flicker or you can make them in this case, you know, kind of turn on or off. You know, they, they kind of go soft and bright, soft and bright. You can set moods, in other words, like mood lighting. And uh, a couple of years ago, somebody gave my husband for, for a gift an LED bulb that goes in a lamp. It's not a Wi-Fi bulb, but it's one of those bulbs. Have you seen them that when you turn them on, it looks like flames. It looks like rolling fire inside of it. And I think it has three yeah. settings. It has just basically a glow, just a warm glow that's just continuous. And then it has one where it fades in and out. And then it has a flame that looks like fire and that looks like real fire flickering. No, I've never even heard and, of that. Oh, it's really cool. So that's another one I, I should put in the show notes. I, I'll try to remember to find the – because there's a whole bunch you know that are made by, by different companies. But it's basically a fire LED bulb. And my husband just loves that look. you know. So, so we put that in – we have a set of three lamps in our living room. One of them is like a floor lamp. So we put the fire – so that's why I call it firelight. We we put the fire bulb in this this floor lamp. And then the other two lamps are on either side of our couch on end tables. And so I put the smart bulbs in those lamps, right? Well, so the floor lamp is plugged into a smart outlet switch. And then the bulbs, the all all three things between this the smart switch and the smart bulbs. They're all running through this Smart Life app. And what's really cool about it is you can you can control it from an app or a shortcut. Remember when we talked to Scott about shortcuts? So he would be very proud of me. I'll have to show him what I did. <laughs> but I, I made a shortcut then so that I can just tap it on my iPhone and just turn the lamps on. You know, all three of them at the same time because they're all linked together between the switch and the two bulbs. And then you can also do it on your watch. So as long as you have the app running, like I have it set to be one of the favorite apps that I can get to quickly. And then in addition to that, you can um, add it to Siri. So even though it's not HomeKit compatible, you can still add these shortcuts that you make um, or themes or whatever is it that they're called. And you can add them to Siri so that when you speak a certain phrase, it will run that, um, it'll run that script, so to speak. So I have one theme set up where if I say Firelight On, it will say it will um, turn the all simultaneously at the same time. It will turn on both of the end table lamps and it will turn on the floor lamp and the floor lamp will be in like flicker mode. Right. So it'll be that kind of rolling fire. Now, that one kind of cycles through. So depending on how many times you've run the script, it may or may not be the glowing. But usually it is. Usually it's either glowing uh, pulse or it's the fire. And so that lamp kind of flickers. Right. And then the end table lamps I have set to do this kind of a um, pulsating, I don't know what it's called. It's called glow, I think it is, where it'll dim and brighten and dim and brighten. You know, not very fast not so that it's not, you know, freaking your eyes out, but just a slow dim and brighten. So when I say firelight on, 
it gives the living room this this ambiance of a very dimly lit room. So this is for like in the evening, maybe when we're sitting down to watch a movie or something. And it turns on all three of these lamps and it has this kind of like a fire light feeling to it. So that's why I called it firelight because it kind of makes it feel like you have torch lamps with with flames flickering around you. So I really love that. And then I have another one where I called it the the phrase to speak is bright lamps on. And what that one will do is that doesn't work the floor lamp, but it takes the two end table lamps and it just turns it on into a bright white light and it and it jacks it way up to like, you know, 100% or something. So it's bright. It's not dim. It's bright. So that's why I called it Bright Lamps On. And then um, I have a script that will run that, you know, if it gets to, say, I don't know, midnight or 1 a.m. or something, that everything will just turn off at a certain time. So I have them set to turn on at a certain time. And then I have them set to change from bright to dim at a certain time. And then I have them set to turn off at a certain time. And this is just for the weekdays. But on the weekends, I don't have, you know, a time schedule set because we're not on as much of a schedule. And uh, so I just have these these three phrases that you can speak, either firelight on or bright lamps on or living room off. So if you want to go to bed earlier, you can just say living room off and it'll turn all the all the lights off. So the funny part is that, you know, I'm so proud of myself and I got this to work and I and I had the kids try it out and they thought it was cool. And then, I don't know, a couple nights passed because Nate was busy doing something. And this has happened before where every time I try to teach him how to say the spells, how to say the incantations and <laughs> to run the spell, <laughs> he gets so tripped up by it. And I asked him if I could share the story and he said I could because I was rolling laughing trying to watch my poor husband. I had set this all up and I thought I was being so, so, so cool by doing this. I thought he was going to be so impressed. And he was when I demonstrated it for him. He was like, wow, that's really cool, you know. And then I was like, now you try it, you know. And this was after like a day of him watching me do it. I was like, now you try it. Come on, come on, come on. Well, he kind of knows better because a while ago, I think we have an old fire TV and I think I shared this story a long time ago. We, uh, I, have you tried this where you're watching a TV show and you want you want to watch a certain show? Or I know what it is when you're doing a search and you're using the the remote to do the search. We were trying to watch something with the Siri remote. We ended up doing it on the on the Fire TV, but it was where it was on the Siri remote where the hilarity ensued. We were trying to watch um, Black Mirror. I don't know if you've watched that series. No. It, it's on Netflix. Well, there was the the last show in the sequence was called Bandersnatch. <laughs> so if you can try to imagine my husband is trying to pronounce this word. Now, you also have to know, too, my husband is bilingual. He speaks German fluently. It's not his first language, but he's got another language in his brain. And I don't know if, if you've experienced this with other bilingual people, but sometimes he does, especially if he's tired. Like he has sometimes a hard time parsing things and I have to like say something slower like he's not an intelligent but his brain has like do this little bit of a switch especially if he's been reading something in german if he's just gotten done reading a book or something like that i (laughs) i have to like wait a little bit it's like it's like a little bit of a delay and you kind of he has this look on his face it's like i'm processing i'm processing (laughs) so i was watching him trying to say play bandersnatch and it was coming out all kinds of goofy different ways and i'm sitting there laughing dying laughing and of course i felt bad because like he's like don't make fun of me (laughs) 
So we laughed about that. Like at the time, he was so frustrated. He was so mad. But later on, he was able to laugh about it. So now I just look at him sometimes and I say, Bandersnatch. And, you know, he just laughs. So we think that's funny. Well, when this came up, it was like another Bandersnatch incident because I was trying to teach him how to say the phrases, you know, which phrases meant which script would run. And he couldn't get his mind around it. And I was having a hard time trying to explain it to him. And what I realized was I should have just made it living room on, you know, like I made it simple, like living room off. Why didn't I just make it living room on, you know, because there's two different, there's two different light sequences that that has has to happen. And I thought I was being cute by calling one firelight and calling the other one bright lamps, you know, like I thought that's, that was meaningful to me at the time. It makes sense but then to me. Try and, especially trying to remember want, what it yeah, is. Yeah, but especially if you want one lamp only and other two lamps only. Right, right. That, and that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, and I even made them different colors so that, you know, I showed him what they looked like on the watch. But when it came time to try to teach him what to say, he was getting like really tripped up by it. Like, he, you know, I think it's just it's just his brain like trying to process and trying to to remember to recite that particular phrase. It just wasn't coming to him naturally. And it wasn't something that made sense to him. It only made sense to me. You know, so I guess my my advice now is like, you know, you got to try these things out on your other family members if you expect them to be able to use them and make sure that it's a phrase that everybody can agree upon. Because if you just make it up, it might only make sense to you and not make sense to them. So it was just it was really funny. And I was like dying laughing as he's trying to make this to work. And he kept saying the wrong thing or putting the words in the wrong order or, or something, you know, and he was getting so frustrated. It was Bandersnatch all over again. And I'm like rolling on the couch laughing i'm like oh my god i cannot wait to tell elise about this See, tom, <laughs> because I was tom picturing... wouldn't have done it nope he wouldn't have done yeah. it he would have just but said why do you need this far me... why do you need this far this is stupid just turn the light switch on <laughs> and I, every time i think is about stuff like when it when it comes to like trying to show my husband something about technology i left because you're always telling me stories about you trying to teach your husband something or trying to fix something for him and he's like so frustrated and just so ready to throw it across the room and I could hear your voice like you know saying something and I was imagining you trying to teach Tom how to do this and I just the more I thought about it the more I'm I'm watching my husband just struggle with it the more I just started to laugh I felt bad because I I wasn't trying to laugh at him but I was really laughing with him like yeah this was dumb of me like (laughs) why did I make this so difficult you know because I thought it was sense to you it would have made sense to me it doesn't make sense to them Right. It just doesn't. It really just doesn't. I mean, that's that's how it is with technology. Like, it does make sense to me. Like, you know, wrapping up the show, you know, we're talking about how it might have made sense to the people who designed the websites at the time, but then you you release it onto the masses and they're like, what the heck is this? It doesn't make sense. It's not working. So, you know, we've now come full circle of, you know, ways to, you know, I'm still using the word hack. You know, I, I hacked this thing together. Really what I did was I crafted it. I crafted a series of, of automated scripts with um, phrases that you could speak, you know, spells and incantations that you could say to make your living room do stuff, to turn the lights on, to turn the lights off, to, to make the lights brighter or dimmer. And it just like, it kind of failed spectacularly with my husband. It did not, 
it, it did not pass the beta test <laughs> when it came to having him try it out. So it was just really, really funny. I guess you had to be there, but it was it was just a funny story. And I, I asked him when I was laughing so hard, I was like, can I please share this? He's like, yeah. So he's really, he's really, he's good. He's a great sport about it. Like he can laugh at himself. Of course, it's very frustrating at the time when it's happening, but he really can, you know, sit back and laugh at himself and just see how, how really silly this was. And I said to him like, all right, I'm going to change it. I'm going to, I'm just going to change it to, you know, living room on and at least he'll be able to turn one set of lights on with just that one phrase so that that's my homework now is to modify that script and and change what they say so i thought that was just a lot of fun and then this other stuff i'm going to save till till next time so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here where we are but i thought that would be a a fun little experience to share with you all so we are going to be doing a future episode on Apple Fitness Plus, which, as I've said before, I really like. So we're going to get a little into how it works and what the offerings are and so forth. But we would love to have your input on that episode. So if you are a subscriber to Apple Fitness Plus, we want to know what you think about it. And if you tried it and you didn't like it, we want to hear that, too. So you can send us an email or if you're really feeling adventurous, Record a short video. I'm sorry, a short voice memo. Add that to or the video. email. That'd be really adventurous, though. <laughs> <laughs> really adventurous. And we will play those on the episode. Your your thoughts about uh, Apple Fitness Plus. So, Melissa, for all those people that are going to do this, and we're talking to you, Scott Wilsey. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. How would they uh, get that email to us? Well, we have an email address. It is podcast at geekiestshowever.com. That's one way that you can get to us, just straight up old-fashioned email. We will get it, and we will respond. Um, another way is if you're on the Twitters, you can tweet us at Geekiest Show. And if you are on our website reading the show notes right now, as you should be, you should be at geekiestshowever.com. That's where you should be on the web. And there is a there's a contact us form there. There's also comments on the show notes. We would love to get a comment that isn't spam for once. That would be wonderful if we actually knew humans were reading the blog. <laughs> So we did I get did I cover all the bases? I think you did. So we look forward to hearing from you. And if you don't want to talk about Apple Fitness Plus, you want to talk about something else, that's always welcome too. So we're going to wrap up this episode. We thank you so much for listening and please stay safe. We will talk to you again very soon. everybody, this is Simon Parnell, the host of the Essential Apple Podcast, the show where we aim to take a wander around the week's news in Apple, news, reviews, technology, security, and anything else that catches our eye. Plus, from time to time, we like to have guests from the industry who we get to tell us about their products, their services, their history, their philosophies, what uh, uh, drives them, and of course, just what makes them tick. That plus a bunch of friends talking about the news in Apple. What more could you possibly want? Check us out on the My Mac Podcasting Network 